Hello and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble podcast. Um, on this week, we're just going to go through uh, a few things. It's not a full show, it's more of um, a collection of statements and musings, I guess. I'm Jimmy and I'm joined by Luke, Fred and Morrow. So, um, we weren't actually going to record today. We were just going to uh, come in here for an hour or so and prepare for a bigger show next week and I was going to go home and work on wedding stuff. It's currently 7.35 and... Um, we got here at 4 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we've literally just hit record. Um, we've spent the last three and a half hours trying to filter um, everything that we've learnt, I guess. Um, and we decided to hit record because um, I just... I guess, okay, following today's events, um, I just want to get out there that, um, you know, with every split, there are two sides to the story, and I'm sure the truth will out. Agree. The truth will come out eventually. It definitely will. I thought, I thought this, uh, I thought it would come to an end. I didn't think it would come to an end uh, before the end of the season. Um, I thought we would probably see out the last few games. There'd be some sort of a season review. The review obviously wouldn't be positive. Um, No new contract would be offered and then we would be probably back to square one, looking for a new coach and I assume uh, looking for a lot more new players. Um, And now we're... At the stage, we're at that stage sort of four or five weeks earlier, I guess, um, which is probably not surprising to a lot of people. But, I mean, there's a lot of people that want wanted Ocon out, which is understandable. Um, you know, I was sort of half uh, on that train, uh, but also with the realisation that when he goes, um, there's still the problem of the underspend and sort of everything that we spoke about last week. So we're, you know, we're back to square one no matter the way it happened. Um, but the way that it happened will come out eventually. Looking positively, that four weeks is um, four weeks where we can begin to assess what the next thing for us to do is and to move on from where we are at the moment or where we have been in recent days whether that's whether you like that or you don't like that then the extra four weeks feels a lot better than signing a coach a week out from the season start um there's going to be some interesting things to crop up along the way i think because uh, who knows we've got uh, i think we counted 13 or 14 players off contract at the end of this year and uh, other players who've been signed by um, Paolo, which whether those players will make any attempts to um, move on from here or not. Some of them were bought here um, because of close relationships with him. So so the fallout from that is yet to be discovered, I guess. Um, but we can get started now instead of starting in a month. The biggest goal now has to be affording a spoon. <laughs> Yeah, come that's, on, come that's, on, Phoenix. That's going to be the ultimate uh, nail in the coffin if we get the spoon after all this. Because I mean, there are a lot of players 
that are here because they came here to play under Paolo and they, um, you know, respected him. And obviously something went wrong along the way. Um, I think a lot of those players still wanted wanted to play for him. But now that he's gone, my concern is that those players that um, were weighing up their futures on whether he was going to be here or not next season are just not going to care about the last three or four weeks of the season and essentially throwing the towel. And my concern is we, we don't have any real leaders out there that are going to necessarily stop that. Despite that, um, and despite that, um, you know, they've had a full season of playing, do you think that those players would want to use the last four weeks as a bit of a shopping window? You'd hope so. For they have future to, contracts? You'd hope so. Whether, I mean, if, if, if they do that selfishly and we avoid the spoon, then I'm happy with that. I'm more than happy with that. Whatever the reasons. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I think there'll be some players that will, you know, be playing for their contracts and that's probably good news. Um, but how do you measure the disappointment? I can say that players at the fence uh, at the game on Sunday after the game were um, the players that I spoke to without any prompting at all were critical of um, how much money... Um, we're putting into it and uh, at least one of them feeling sorry for the coach who is no longer. So there's definitely some relationships there, whether those relationships are sufficient to see those players want to move on or try to move on or or uh, perform less than their best in this last period. Who knows? We're about to find out. How's your third year as a Mariners supporter going, Fred? Um, yeah, it's 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 a it's a roller coaster, you know. It's it's it's. He's still on the what, down. Sorry, he's still on the down. Yeah. Oh, look. It's, I blame you. I, I'm look. It, no, Personally. it's not my fault. <laughs> I blame you for all Just this. Just because I came in after the championship, it's not my fault. Um, look, it's it's you know a lot of people will say that this is football. You know, it wasn't working. You know, yes, a lot of there was there was some good players that were brought in, but clearly they weren't managed right, and the club did something about it. You know, now like we just said, the players have the opportunity to prove that they want to stay. So hopefully, we'll see something different. I suppose it gives the club an opportunity as well to measure up which of the players are putting themselves in that shop window properly and. That can then form part of um, the re-signing process if that's um, positive, you know. So I mean, hopefully, sort of within a couple of weeks of the season ending, we are on the hunt for a new coach. That's what we need. We and assistant. We well, I've just realised we haven't actually uh, said what the news is that Ocon and Yolik are no longer with the club. Oh, I think everyone knows. Surely. <laughs> yeah. Surely well, anyone now. who missed that, just spelling it out. Surely by now. I mean, news we, flash. We. <laughs> We can't afford to do what we did with Ocon the first time, so that's happened a lot earlier with the coach leaving, like when Ocon was brought in four or, f- four or five weeks before the season started. I mean, we have to give this new coach, whoever it is, the three or four months before the before the actual season starts to sign his own players um, to get some sort of a game plan going. Who that coach will be is so up for debate, it's not even funny. I mean, some people are saying Popovich, not going to happen. 
we're not going to pull 600, 700 grand out to pay for a coach. It's just not going to happen. And that's what he will demand. Someone like a Gombauer, it's still up in the air whether he's going to stay at the Wanderers. I still don't think we'll be able to afford him. Well, the um, rumour was that Popper was on 750 at Western Sydney. Mm, so which is the chances of us paying that are absolute zero. Yeah. And if, if, if we don't pay up enough money for a name coach, we won't attract any decent players. We've just been discussing this. We we might not get a coach with um, with the, you know a heavier name, like a better name, but we might get a better coach, if you know what I mean. Mm. So, you know, we we might have a coach that can read the game well, adjust his tactics, adjust his players, coach the players better. Whether we get decent players with a new coach that doesn't necessarily have a you know a big name, then that's that's issue number two. So, but it'll be different. Um, you know the the possibilities. Um, I mean, some of the, some of the examples we look at um, John Aloisi, who is starting to gain experience, but at times has uh, looked like a flop as a coach. It's that started to come together for him recently, and uh, so that one argument I read today or yesterday was that uh, Backries are similarly poor investors in their club to um, our ownership has been felt to be, and. Uh, that might be true, but they've got uh, more than a million dollars worth of um, their top two players um, and I think they're probably both marquees at the moment, so that suggests otherwise and so I think they've managed to get those guys to be fit recently and things have turned the corner um, for them and that's, that's great. At the same time, another example down in Adelaide, their top players are less valuable, maybe more like the sort of eight hundred thousand mark for their best two, their highly most highly paid players. But they've got a more experienced coach who's got a bit of a track record, and he's done a great job with that that crew there. So, so the question, I suppose, is: Are we looking for an experienced coach? And and there is, a, you know, coaching's multifaceted, isn't it? You've got a if you're a nobody, if you're unknown in the coaching industry, can you ask players mm-hmm. in Europe to want to come and play in your team? Um, is recruitment as easy as it is when you've got a big name? On the other hand, um, if you're, um, your big name doesn't give you any skills or experience in uh, managing the game, substitutes, managing players, all of that sort of stuff that happens on match day. So, so each coach you know, across a range of skills... It's going to have higher or lower levels depending on what their own experience is. So I guess the question for me that I'm scratching my head about is what what would we do next? Do we want to go for an inexperienced coach who maybe has shown that he can manage games well? Um, we love Benny Khan. Um, we know that he looks really good uh, coaching players and uh, the players love him. Um, but is it how easily can Benny convince the I don't know, Alan Bardos or um, Fout Brahmas or Tommy Hiardiais to come to Australia and play in his team. Don't know. Once you insert a system or a way of playing or something you want a player to do, if they follow you the first time and it works, they will continue to, to, to follow you until it doesn't work. Sure, but if he comes in and he doesn't get that success in the first four weeks, then it's a, yeah. it's a, no, no, that's, it's a that's pretty that's quick problem. drop off after that. Yeah. And uh, we've just been through arguably four rookies and I... I I guess I've been fairly public recently about um, my views on um, what's actually been wrong with us. All right, we'll go on to that now then. uh, So (laughs) yesterday we we put up a post that we thought would incite discussion, not necessarily hatred to any individual or the club, 
Um, it was purely for discussion. And um, it was the yeah. rantings of mine um, that I posted on my social media when I was sitting in an airport, tired, maybe a little frustrated on my way back from having seen our guys um, given a pretty hard time in Melbourne. And uh, I we shared that on the um, uh, podcast, Facebook, page. Um, yep. Facebook page just to um, raise interest or whatever. And, and that got plenty of interest. Um, and uh, got people talking, but, um, but yeah. basically the idea was, you know, it, it just, the same thing's going to happen over and over again with whoever we have as coach. Yeah, I'm not wedded to Paul Ocon or anyone else, but I look back at our last four coaches, and the last three have been unsuccessful, and we've moved them on. The one before that was also a rookie when we bought him here, and there was plenty of grumbling about bringing him here. I'm talking about Graham Arnold. He subsequently. Well, he didn't initially, you know, hit the ground running, but he subsequently um, was able to invest a fair bit into the squad and, and and the combination of him being a decent coach, I think, and the investment in the squad led to us winning some trophies. So so my what I was questioning in that post was simply how many times do we have to ride this merry-go-round because I, for one, am sick of watching my team rebuild He actually wasn't a rookie. Yeah, I seem to remember he actually managed Northern Spirit before he came to us. Yeah, but he'd spent a number of years in the national system and when he came, I can still remember people saying, you're kidding, aren't you? But he was our player manager, so, yeah. So, you know, any one of the rookies that came along subsequently could have turned into an Arnie, perhaps, Um, but it wasn't to be, was it? And I don't know about others, but for me, I've had enough. Four years of my team being uncompetitive. And, Mm. And let's be frank here, even we all were hoping that we'd make... The six? At the start of the season, the the team on paper, and from what we'd heard and, you know, sort of seen in pre-season, you know, we're expected top six. It just hasn't happened. Let's just put that into perspective, though. When we were finishing in first and second, we were looking down our noses at the people in fifth and sixth, and we do it all the time, and saying mediocre crap teams make it in fifth and sixth. Why are there six teams in the finals? So, you know, was it really that great a thing for us to... Uh, no. think that we were going to make the six because th- is that truly competitive? No. Or is it just that the no. F- FFA it's have implanted a no. system to make us feel like that is competitive? Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, I think for me, we enjoyed those glory years. There's no doubt about that. And we still remember them. But um, four years is a long time to wait for any sort of positives. Those glory years come at the cost of a former owner and yep. um, a great cost to the club as well. Yep. And there's absolutely no doubt that uh, this period is, and subsequent to that has cost our current owner a great deal of money and probably continues to cost a great deal of money, especially when the crowds are down the way they have been this year across the league. So, yeah. so you know. I think the path, the path that I want us to go down is that we need the coach with the experience. It doesn't need to be someone that's coached for, you know, two decades or anything like that. It just we need somebody that's had five seasons of experience, five to ten seasons of experience coaching a professional club and he has to be able to spend the floor properly. Yeah. If I mean we're we're not gonna be we're not gonna spend the whole cap cap anytime soon, I don't think. With the way things are, low crowds, all that sort of stuff, still losing money. We but we have to be able to spend the floor properly which I don't think we spend the floor properly at the moment. We do other things to get to the floor and 
the coach needs to have the right amount of money to spend to be able to have success because the last three coaches haven't really had had that they haven't really had that chance i mean Ocon did to a degree this season i think and he needs to fall on his own sword because he spent a decent amount of money on players that did not work like an Ashtabar. so i i mean that's the path we have to go down i think we we can't afford to get it wrong four seasons in a row yeah enough and four coaches in a row enough now what what we were struggling with a few years ago was uh, i guess attracting more new fans while our success was not high but now this year in combination with the ffa's complete mismanagement of the competition the refereeing standards etc um then it's pushing away passionate fans and that hurts because they're the people um they're not fair weather fans <laughs> these are people who've been around for a long time and they might be outspoken but respect to them because they're not fair weather fans and and you know they deserve more than to spend four years in the wilderness while we spin our wheels that's that's my take on it um and yeah are we facing that again that's what we're hoping not mm. Um, to further quash any rumours that uh, might have come out today, um, in go, moving forward, the practice of signing players for next season uh, will be the same as you know a majority of clubs around the world, where players are selected and signed by a group of people, not just one person. So, any any rumours you hear that go against that. I just that, just rumours. Definitely as it should be, you know. I, I'm, I don't know exactly what all of the details were for how we've signed the players that are around, um, but um, if it's left to an individual, then that's not really the way that um, we want to go about it. We've got a lot of skills in this place, um, you know, through through management, and uh, we've got Monty, our football manager. You know, there's a lot of. Uh, good input that we can take moving on to the the four games for the rest of the season would you like to see the team just go for it completely change playing style or do you think Sully will keep the ship in the same direction it's risky to change I think it'll stay the same but like I like we said before I think that there's going to be a few of those players that use this opportunity, hopefully use the opportunity to put themselves in the shop window and go nuts. And you'd hope so. You know, the the Scarpettises, the, 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 the Pals of the world, they they want they want a club next next season, you know. There's there's a whole stack of people who want we were talking about 13 it before, 14. 13, 14 players that are coming off at the end of this season. So those players really need to say, hi, look at me, either re-sign me or, you know, look, show yeah. other clubs that, you know. I, I, I'd like to see, obviously, you know, you want to see your team win, you know. Obviously, I think the ship will stay in the same direction, unfortunately. Because we know that that's how Sully wants the academy to play. That's how he wanted the youth team to play. He wants to play that same playing style. So <laughs> it'll be interesting. You might do a complete 
180 and go the other way. But, I mean, the poor bloke's head must be spinning at the moment because, um, I don't know, he probably heard that Paolo was gone and then thought, oh, maybe, the media. Maybe, I'll, <laughs> maybe I'll be the assistant while Ivan takes over and then he probably heard that Ivan's gone and Whoops, he's no. probably done the maths really quick and gone, oh, hang on, I'm probably the next highest ranked. <laughs> so that's thrown in the deep end. That is, and it's a tough ask. He must be pretty, he'll be pretty nervous about it. You think mm. about it. We've got Sydney this week. I don't know what the order is. Newcastle are last week. One of the others is City. Who we got? Who's the fourth one? We have Brisbane. Sydney. Brisbane. At home as Sydney. well. So Brisbane, who are now in form. Sydney. Um, Brisbane. Uh, City and uh, Newcastle. Yep. City and then them. So considering, Phoenix, lose, considering Sully has already, he wasn't, Technically, but he was effectively already sacked once from being an assistant under Moss. Um, I dare say he'll be incredibly nervous, but also wanting to probably prove something and prove himself. So he was also at Wellington as well. Did he get the sack from there too? Uh, uh, probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a bit of a merry-go-round at the moment. But hopefully, um, hopefully he steps up. That's what this is all about. It's all about those that are left have to step up and, you know, show some pride in the shirt, for God's sake. Let's hope so. The fans will be looking for that. Yeah. You know, looking at each individual player and thinking, is this player playing for our shirt? Mm. That's what I'll be thinking. Um, Regarding uh, Mike Charlesworth, um, we've been a bit critical of him um, recently regarding a few different things. Um. He's fine with that. One of the things that we mentioned um, was that he wasn't willing to talk to us. Um, uh, now, we were under the um, impression that he had received our invitations to be on the show, but um, however, he hadn't. So we'd just like to clear that up, that um, he wasn't aware that we were chasing him, and I'm sure that we'll get him on the on the podcast in the future. I may have said that he ran away from us, and that was, <laughs> and that was what I understood at the time. Because uh, I'm not going to go into the details of how, but I spent a fair bit of time trying to get that to happen over a series of weeks, um, before, during, and after Mike's visit here, and that didn't happen for whatever reason. So um, I didn't get much feedback on why that didn't happen either. And I've found over the years that Mike's been pretty approachable to us and pretty honest with us. So. So I expected that from him, and when it didn't come, then perhaps we uh, shot from the hip, or maybe I was doing most of the shooting. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, it, yeah, just to uh, shout out to Mike for uh, letting us know that he wasn't running away from us. Hi, Mike, if you're listening, because uh, apparently he does does tune in every week, and that's how uh, he found out about last week. I always believed um, that, Mike, but um, yeah, these guys are I, a bit sceptical. I mean, I was sceptical, but <laughs> apparently apparently he does, so fair play to him. Um, but, yeah, he, he reached out to us to try and clear it up, so we just wanted to clear that up. It's all good. It's all good between us and Mike, it'll in that be, sense. It'll be even better when he funds our massive improvement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, that's what he's going to do. <laughs> Um, sure. We have some sad news now. Um, with a heavy heart, heavy heart, we learnt last week that um, Ash Grant had passed away, a um, giant of Central Coast football. Um, he sadly missed. He used to coach uh, the Coasties. I remember going down there 
the early 90s and watch them. So. I think he's been an academy coach, yep. um, a club coach across more than one club, I suspect. I used to see him uh, down here at fives all the time. Was a current um, CC United coach, I think, um, and so a, a, just a very well-known and respected person in Central Coast football. Yeah, he'd be sadly missed. Um, both the Mariners and Sydney FC players are going to wear black armbands this Saturday uh, to commemorate him. And, um, yeah, so during Ash's playing career, he wore number eight. So if we can all applaud during the eighth minute, uh, just to pay your respects. And on Friday at um, Plume Park at one thirty, that's uh, the holding, that's when his service will be. Um, more bad news. Um, Anthony Golick, I'm guessing he's still in hospital. He might have walked out already. But, um, walked out. <laughs> walked out. Nice one. <laughs> he may not have. <laughs> uh, poor guy. He's broken his tibia with a clash um, with Thomas during our game against Victory. Um, obviously, we wish him all the best. Like, I think we sort of tipped him as one of our best players of the season. Surprising best player of the season. But um, top bloke. Treated just, us um, well. Yeah, those, those pictures of the knee going backwards, that just, that sickened me. So. Mm. It seemed like an ACL at a, first, yeah. but then when he, I mean, most of the time when you do your ACL, you can normally get up and sort of limp off with a bit of help, but when he didn't get up and yeah. knowing sort of how tough he is, um, it seemed pretty clear what it was, but yeah, I'm pretty shattered for him. I hope um, I hope we get to see him again in the Mariners shirt. So do I, arguably yeah, so. our best this year. Um, all I ask of our listeners is that um, that they stay loyal to the club. In that, I don't mean players, I don't mean coaches, I don't mean managers, I don't mean any office staff, I don't mean any owners. I mean the club. To shit on the club is not right. It's You can shit on, you can be critical of any part of that, but just not the club. Because when you shit on the club, you can shit on every single fan. That's us. The club's us. All of that other stuff is is what makes the wheels turn. But the suits, uh, as the hardcore would say. Yeah, um, but it's it's we are the bread and butter. You are the club. So um, keep loving it. As much as it's hard, it is hard. It was hard sitting in the sun in Amy Park and and having the victory fans on the other side chant things at us like, um, "Can we play you every week?" What was but, the other one? Uh, Best not. From the 10-year-old. Yeah, oh. that's, that's <laughs> best not to repeat that. But uh, well, yes. time is it? It's 8 o'clock, isn't it? We did have a young man on the other side of the uh, 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 race uttering expletives at us for most of the game. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you feel when it was 4-0 and a 10-year-old was screaming at you? The, the, there were, we had nothing. Mm. What about 5-0? At 5-0, the victory fans were starting to feel sorry for us. And when we scored, I think they were cheering when we actually cheered. Although we were muted in our cheering. We did celebrate the second goal a little bit and a couple of shirts came off in the away bay. And the Victory fans liked it and got the rest of us to stand up by chanting at us and pointing at us and telling us to stand up. And everybody did except Pete who let them know what he thought of them. (laughs) (laughs) I always feel like whenever I watch us play Victory, it's always not enjoyable to go down there because I was down there for Hutcho's last game and I think we got done 3-0 and it got to that point because everybody knew it was Hutcho's last game even the Victory fans knew 
And when he got to 3-0, they thought, oh, we feel sorry for them now. Mm, I'm sick yes. of teams feeling bloody sorry for us. Well, it was respectful and everything. I'm sick yeah. of feeling sorry for ourselves. Yeah. Well, but to anyone who went to travel to Melbourne to see the game with the expectation that we were going to steal three points out of the place was probably a little bit misguided. I certainly didn't expect that, but I didn't think 5 nil either. So, uh, so they finished in front of us this year? Jeez. Oh, <laughs> yep. I've earned that at least twice or three times. I'll try again next season. But yeah, so just sort of recapping. Um, don't believe everything that you read, I guess. Anyone out there who's interested in a coaching job, pop your resume in. You never know. Might call Daniel from Newcastle. What was his name that we did prank call on last year? Yeah, well, that could work out. Shout out to my mate Moon. He's played a few football games, maybe even um, coached one or two um, junior games. And, you know, we'll see if we can get your resume in there, Moon. Anyway, all we can say is uh, stay loyal, I guess. And uh, thank you for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week, probably. We'll have an actual show, a full show. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Bye.